So, hey, we are uh, we're talking today, continuing in our um, series, Blessed Are, and today we're talking about Matthew 5, 5, that says, Blessed are the meek, or blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Isn't that a weird concept, though? The idea of the gentle inheriting the earth. Usually we think about the idea that it is the, the bold, the proud, the brave, the, the aggressive, the, the planners and the doers and all the rest of that. And, and yet, it's, as so often happens, it is Jesus' words that kind of turn the way we typically think about life around and says, no, it is the gentle, the meek who inherit the earth. You know, we don't use that word meek very much. Uh, the word that's translated meek in the Greek is, is this idea of something much more. We don't use meek because we think of meek like, ooh, I can't do anything. We, and, and we just have, meek has kind of a bad rap as a word. But, but the, word, the word in Greek really talks about this idea of a, of a wild horse that has been tamed. A stallion that has been tamed is the, is the picture of this. And so we get this idea to say, when he's talking about gentleness, he's not talking about a, a you know, mealy mouth, milk toast kind of guy who can't do anything. He's really talking about a powerful, powerful person who is in control. And, and that's a great definition for gentleness, if you want to write that down. Gentleness is strength in control. It's strength in control. And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. This, this idea of how does one function as strength in control? Now, what we come to understand is that, that if we want to be... Uh, a, a gentleman or a gentlewoman, uh, it doesn't mean to us that we're weak. It doesn't mean that we're a doormat. It doesn't mean that um, we can't do things. It just means that we're not people who overreact to everything that comes by. We're in control of our emotions and in control of, of life and what's going on. The Bible talks about a lot of facets of of gentleness. So you can, you can run a whole scripture test on this. I mean, it's all kinds of context about what gentleness does in many aspects. Uh, I'm just going to talk about a couple of those today, but, but, but the thing I want to, I want you to know as we start out, and I'm going to mention it again in just a minute, is that gentleness is not our natural tendency. Y'all get this? We don't just naturally respond gently to someone. We don't naturally respond gently when somebody cuts us off on the freeway, right? We just don't naturally respond gently. And, and that's kind of the good news, bad news. But the good news is this. While it is not our natural tendency, it is something that by God's Spirit... He works within us and he shapes a character of gentleness within us. You understand that? Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, say it, gentleness and self-control. These are spirit infused characteristics. We don't, or well, I'm, I maybe brought, maybe you do, I don't know. 
I don't, and most of us don't, just naturally respond with gentleness. But God helps us. God, by his spirit, transforms us and helps us to be that. So a couple of things I want you to think about very quickly, because I know I'm like gentleness is a becoming characteristic. It becomes us. It wears well on us. Yesterday, I had the privilege of officiating at the funeral for uh, Ron Van Buskirk, a tremendous man whom I cared very much about. But in talking with, uh, with Norita, I, I, I found something out about him that I, I kind of knew, but I didn't know how far back it went. I asked her, what was it that, what was it that drew you to them? They got married when she was 17 and he was 18. That's faith. I, I, you get married at 17 and 18, it's marriage by faith because your own personalities aren't hardly even developed. You don't have a career. I mean, any, you know, anymore, you've you got to have a resume, a pedigree to be able to get married. They, my kids are waiting until they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and they, they just want to have it all together first. And yeah, we didn't always do that. I mean, it was by faith. <laughs> I like this person. He likes me, and we're going to do this. You know, we're going to go for it. And so I asked her, what was it that drew you together? And, and, and she said this. She said, even back then, he was a gentleman. He had a gentle characteristic about him. And I just knew it. I just knew that I knew. And, and I'm thinking, there's something about that, that... That strength under control. And if you knew Ron, I mean, that's who he was. I mean, he's just this strong guy. But, but a gentleman. He made everybody feel at home. He made everybody feel special. I told, I told him at the funeral, I said, you know, I went to him on his, you know, about three weeks before he passed away. And he's in bed and in this hospital room and this care center. And, and I just went crying to him. And I said to him, Ron, if there was anybody that I could choose for my dad besides my own dad. It would be you. He just had that characteristic. And then I get to the funeral. And everybody that stands up says, he was like a dad to me. <laughs> he was like a dad to me. He treated me like a dad. I, mean, I was just like, really? I thought I was that guy. And it turns out I'm not that guy. He was that guy. And he made everybody feel like that. I mean, there is something about gentleness that becomes us. The Apostle Paul told his mentee, Young man, young pastor, he was mentoring Timothy about what does it mean to be godly? And he says in 1 Timothy 6, 11, he says, as a man of God, pursue what God approves of godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. If we want to be godly men and women, we've got to understand that, that that's what it is. There's a something in us that calls us to gentleness not a natural calling, not natural, 
But there's something that draws us to that. Let me tell you a couple stories. You know the story of Ruth? You, you guys have read the story of Ruth. You remember um, Naomi and her boys went to a famine in the land. They went to a far off country. There they got married. The boys died. Uh, you know, the one daughter stayed behind. But, but Ruth said, I'll follow you. Where you go, I'll go. And your God will be my God. And your people will be my people. All that kind of stuff. So they all went back to the land. She went back. Ruth, Ruth went back with Naomi back to Israel. And, and they got there. And, and she trying to figure out life. How am I going to survive? How are we going to live? How are we going to get food? How are things going to work? And, and you know, the story goes on along. And, and what we find out, though, is that Ruth went and she fell in love. It's romantic. Everybody ought to read that. Good romance story. But Ruth says something in, in uh, Ruth 2, 13, 14. says this. She's talking to Boaz. She says, you were very kind to me. You have made me feel better by speaking gently. There's something about that gentleness that says, you know, there was this kinsman redeemer thing going on there. So there's more than just being gentle. But, but there's something that made that process palatable to her because of his gentleness. It becomes us. That's good. Can, can I tell you a line that I stole from somebody else? It's a really corny line, but I just got to say it. It's really funny. If Boaz, that's the guy. If Boaz had been ruthless instead of gentle, he would have been ruthless. I wish I had come up with that. I mean, it's Reader's Digest quality, and I, I wish I'd have come up with it. I didn't, but I thought that was the funniest thing when I read that. That's kind of the way it is. There's something about gentleness that gets us a long way. Scriptures tell us a lot about that. I made a, a New Year's commitment to lose weight. I wanted to slim down, trim up, you know, do all that. Been doing pretty good, walking every day, trying to eat a little less, exercise a little more, doing my thing, you know, kind of going along. Uh, but Paul speaks a word to that. This is for ladies and for gentlemen. In First Peter chapter 3, verse 4, it says, You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Which is so precious to God. Here's the reality. Beauty fades, right? Okay, don't look at the person next to you. But, but we get it, right? Beauty fades. Ain't a single one of us. The old gray Mary ain't what she used to be. And that's the way, that's the truth. And neither was the stallion. You know, it just, it just ain't the same. But if you want something that lasts forever, Scripture tells us there is a beauty of gentleness that endures forever. It never fades. I mean, I'm still going to exercise, but I think I'm going to work on my gentleness because it's going to last longer. Things are saggy. And uh, Colossians 3.19 says, husbands, love your wives and be gentle with them. It's good counsel. You know that anybody can be selfish. 
Doesn't take any brains to be selfish. It's what we do naturally. Anybody can scream and shout. That's what we do naturally. Anybody can be kind of rude. Right? But gentle men are gentlemen. There's a call to that, guys. There's a a call to this sense of saying, it becomes us, this characteristic of gentleness. It doesn't matter if we're male or female, if we're single or married, if we're a mother or a father or a son or a daughter. Gentleness is something that is healthy for our souls and healthy for the people around us. Blessed are the gentle. But let me just share with you one more thing. Gentleness makes me like Jesus. Gentleness is part of who Jesus is. And if we want to be like Jesus, the characteristic of gentleness needs to be part of what we are developing within us. The passage I read at the beginning of the service in Matthew 11, 28, 29 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Do you think that that there is perhaps a relationship Between rest and gentleness, or the lack of gentleness and the lack of rest. I think Jesus was saying a lot more than that here, but 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 there's something to that 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 there is a relationship between the weariness of our souls and gentleness. That we don't do naturally. He says, come and learn of me. For I am gentle and humble. And you will find rest for your souls. I'm working on this. I think I shared with you last week. And if I didn't, I'll tell you now. Or if you weren't here. One of my goals, besides you know losing a little weight. For 2016 is to develop a character of peace within me. I really want to be a man of peace in my life. I want to be more like Jesus. And the, and the funny thing is, is that we, we know this stuff and then we don't know this stuff. We, we, we know it and we don't know it. That gentleness is not our natural characteristic. It's just not what we do normally, easily, naturally. 
but it is a God thing. He helps us, inspiring us, encouraging us, forgiving us. Anybody ever need forgiveness for not responding gently? Yeah. And empowering us. Folks, we're in, what kind of church are we in? Go ahead and talk to me. What kind of church are we in? Oh, come on. We're in a Nazarene church. What's our theological emphasis? Wesleyan. What they talk about a lot. Holy Spirit. An empowering of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Folks, this is Holy Spirit transformation stuff. You, you're not going to, you're not, we're not going to do this like, oh, I'm going to be better today. It really is a submission of our wills, a submission of our hearts, a, a longing and a desire to say, God, come and do what only you can do in us. You can only do in me. Because you know what? I want to be that guy. I, I want to be that guy. Galatians 5.22, we read earlier. Gentleness is part of this fruit, singular. It's all of it. But it, it is this part of that fruit. It is a God-given, God-empowered, God-shaped thing by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm not going to be a gentle man without participating in the activity of God within my life. Allowing His Spirit to shape me and convict me and mold me and speak into my life. And the same is true for you. I choose gentleness. I choose the Spirit's work within me. Really, all of these Beatitudes are kind of that. You know, the first week we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit. Right? So we, we, we get there and we say, well, in some ways you have to choose poverty. You have to choose to say, I don't have enough in me. And I'm not talking about physical poverty. We have to choose the, to embrace the fact that we do not spiritually have enough. We do not emotionally have enough. We do not have it to do this stuff. We have to choose those things. To say, God, I don't have enough, but you do. I choose you. And that's blessed. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You have to choose how you respond to sorrow and mourning and disappointment and all this stuff. Because you know what? Life is full of it. And you're not going to get away from it. You're not going to be able to say, well, when you know, I really get my life together, I'm not going to have any more problems or any more stress or any more. No, no, no. Forget it. Not going to happen. Life happens. Stuff happens. But we can choose. We can choose God in the midst of it. Blessed are the gentle. 
But I'm not gentle. I'm more like a bow in the china closet, you know. I'm not naturally that way. But I, but I choose you, God. I choose you in the midst of this stuff. I choose you in the midst of this turmoil to be something less than gentle. That's what we do. And we cry out to God for his help. Okay, let me give you three things I want you to think about for this week. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to be gentle, but if you want to be gentle, take this little test with me this week. Just, just do this for a week and see how it goes. When someone is serving you or helping you or ministering to you, would you choose to be understanding and not demanding? Okay? So when you're in line at McDonald's, I'll just tell you, the Sharp Hospital McDonald's is the slowest McDonald's on the face of the earth. I'm thinking, these people are hurting, and you people are so slow. <laughs> Say, you know what, thank you for serving. We are not going to die if we have to wait five, in their case, 20 minutes longer than normal. When someone is trying to help you and serve you and minister to you and it doesn't go quite the way you think it ought to go, just say thank you. Yeah? Just try that. Okay, second one is this. When somebody disagrees with you this week, anybody married? Okay, just, just check it. When somebody disagrees with you this week, would you choose to be tender? Without surrender. Because, you know, life is full of disagreements. One of the funny things we said from this, from this meeting we had um, on Saturday or, or Friday about prayer was the guy described uh, Acts, early chapter of Acts. And, and, you know, the great power, I mean, the church, thousands of people are coming to the church. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. I mean, there's power, there's signs, there's wonders, there's sacrifice. I mean, it is like, oh, my goodness, this is good. Right? And then they have these people come in and say, Hey, why aren't these Jews over here, these, these widows over here, getting treated like these widows over here? There's a problem here. I'm thinking, really? I mean, this is the early New Testament church. And there's a conflict in the church? Come on. People got a different opinion about how to do this? And, and the point of the thing on Friday was just, the guy said, we, we've got to focus on what's really important, and we focus on prayer and the Word. Well, let's find a solution for this, appoint seven men to take care of this. And, but in that church, in this spirit-filled, amazing, growing, powerful place and thing, yeah, conflict. Paul and Barnabas... Best friends, work together, all this great stuff. Yeah. Got a little issue over a helper, Mark. Off different directions. Hmm. Stuff happens. Peter and Paul calling each other out on their spiritual lives. 
You know, Peter, you're one way when nobody's watching, but you're another way when somebody else is watching. What's the deal with that? You think there'll be people who disagree with you? Hello? Romans, Paul writes in chapter 14, verse 1. This is a message paraphrase, so it's not exactly what most of us will have read. But it says, welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. That ever happened in the church? Are you a pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip? You know, what are you? I don't know. I mean, you may not even know what those are. But yeah, there have been people who have had some opinions about stuff. Don't jump all over them every time they say or do something you don't agree with, even when it seems that they're strong in their opinions, but weak in the faith department. That's pretty bluntly said. Remember, they have their own history they're trying to deal with. Treat them gently. Yeah? So when somebody disagrees with you this week, you don't have to, you don't have to kind of say yes when it's not yes, but... You see, because we're always going to have differences. But the thing is, we need to treat each other gently in the midst of that, right? Gently in the midst of that. Third thing is this. When somebody disappoints you. (laughs) And you're going to be disappointed. Be gentle. And not judgmental. The one before this is just, we're good people and we just have a difference of opinion about some people like the carpet and, you know, the red and they like the people like it brown or whatever. Differences of opinion. Sometimes people just mess up. Sometimes people really do. I know you wouldn't believe this, but sometimes people really do mess up in the church. Because all the scriptures talking about people in the church, not talking about people out there, talking about people in the church. Galatians 6.1 says this, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Hear this, should restore him gently. You need to hear this, not kick them out gently, restore him gently. Not shun them, restore them gently. But watch yourself. (laughs) But watch yourself or you may be tempted to. What goes around comes around. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be gentle with one another and sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Anybody ever disappointed you? Anybody ever not lived up to all that you had hoped they would? We are called to gently, quickly forgive them. Just as we've been forgiven, right? We're going to talk about this later because one of the Beatitudes talks about this. I just got to say you... That, that has to be kind of our heart's attitude, right? Okay. I'm done.
because I'm really late. I'm late, and I don't care. Well, I do care. I, I, maybe, maybe that wasn't as gently said as I could have said that. But I know that you're going to give me a gentle response back. Because I need to pray. And maybe you do too. I want to be a gentle I want that portion of the fruit of the Spirit to be alive and well in my life. And I'm a grab it, fix it, make it kind of person usually. And if I'm not showing that on the outside, I'm feeling it on the inside. (laughs) I'm tired of being that guy. Maybe there's some place where you need to say, God, I need your help to be gentle. Do you need that? I'm going to come and pray at these altars. And I'm going to be a prayer. So if you want me to pray with you, you'll need to wait for just a moment. I'll get to you. If you're in a hurry to get to your Sunday school class or the munchies out there, Paul is going to come and pray over you. Come kneel. Come sit in a chair. Others of you, if somebody comes, see, this is the deal. We are all called to pray and to pray over each other. If you see somebody down here and you want to just come and support them in prayer, come do that. Okay? Father, into your hands. Do we come? I want to be a gentle man. I want, Lord, at the end of my days to have people stand up and say, He was a gentle man. Lord, I've already said enough and done enough most of my life already that Lord I don't know how that would be but I want that and so I submit myself to you and I say Lord forgive me forgive me and fill me transform me make you who you you want me to be